Okay, guys, hello. Um, hi, everyone. Hi. We are, um, okay, we're going to do this, like, series of a couple of videos on this, inter on, on this, okay, I don't know, it's a book called Alien Interview by Lawrence R. Spencer, and it's, I don't know, Daniel, what do you, it's a band, or it's not band, it's just hard to find, it's, it's called so Alien we, Interview by Lawrence yes. Spencer. By Lawrence Spencer, who wrote The Oz Effects, or The Oz... I forgot something, but anyway, the odds factors, sorry. Uh, so he's, he's kind of a well-known author in that sense with alien, um, alienology, which is what it's kind of called. So we did, we watched, we watched a video transcript of the book because the book is a little bit hard to find. Yeah, and it's like a four and a half hour um, video. Well, it's, you know, someone's, it's like an audio book, basically. But they actually have every page, so you can kind of like read along. Um, I don't know, if we found this like a year ago, maybe. But we still, when we talk, a lot of times we go back to some, some of the same concepts that are mentioned in this book. And it's a controversial book because um, it, it basically... He, he claims it's a work of fiction, but that it's got elements of truth in it. So he says that this lady named Matilda O'Donnell McElroy and, or McElroy, I don't know how to read very well. McElroy, um, yeah. yeah, she, she was basically during the Roswell 1947 crash. She was the only person that the only surviving alien creature that they found on that would talk to. Like, and she, fit the, 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 alien would give telepathic downloads to this woman and so she right. on the side wrote like a big letter and like saved it and then on her deathbed right before she went and euthanized herself um she gave it to Lawrence because he had already been doing some research in this stuff and she met him in person liked him and was like here I'm just going to give you this and set this right here and you do with it what you will now right. she even suggests in her introduction letter that he should make it a work of fiction so that people can't really um discredit him or something right yeah even i wrote down like exactly what uh she said to that um uh yeah like like they can't scrutinize or or you know whatever she says if you were to incorporate these notes of my experiences into a work of fiction such as a novel the factual nature of the material could be easily dismissed or discredited by any agency of whom national security is used as a personal shield against scrutiny and justice. And she said, for most people, all of this will be unbelievable. So, you know, it's, it's interesting because um, it's just done so juicy at the beginning. I love how it's kind of like, yeah, it probably would work like that or, you know. Right. Right. So let's give, let's give everybody a little setup of what the book is and, and a little bit more detail about that and what we plan to do with it. Because, okay. so it's this interview that like, uh, like Nikki just said, it's this download and then she transcribed it or it was transcribed by a stenographer. So it was actually what she- It was the actual interview. Yeah. The actual interview that she had with this Roswell alien in this telepathic communication but in addition to the actual notes of the transcript there are there there's a lot of her inserted notes so there's a lot of her interpretation about what she thought about what happened during that particular transcription so um so it kind of goes back and forth between the transcription like these are the notes 
Roswell notes, and then she states the day um, and, and the time or however long the interview was, and then get them to actual transcript. But then there's a lot of side notes. Matilda's personal notes, and then blah, blah, blah. She'll talk right. about that. Or like, uh, like her internal thoughts about like um, yes. not being 100% clear on how to interpret um, the alien's thoughts to her or whatever. Yeah. Um, but uh, like before you get started, we should probably, what's, what was that review you sent me? Like I've, I've read that one before. The one, like there's a lot of people who basically say that this is like similar to Scientology and that it's yeah. all BS yeah. and that, right. yeah. And that like he, it was just a, a work of fiction. There was no truth in it and that it's completely right. bogus and, but right. it's hard to prove or disprove because Lawrence Spencer never ever said it was a hundred percent like fake himself. Like he always sort of stayed with the claim that he was given this and he sort of, you know, he put it together, but he said it's based on truth. And yeah. then um, he even used a pseudonym. I don't think her actual name is Matilda L or Mac, Mac Elroy or whatever. I think he, I think it's all like pseudonames to, for protection or whatever. And then he apparently destroyed the transcript that she gave him for, for, as evidence. Like he didn't, you know, so then that's kind of like, some people are like, well, then that's completely bogus, but then I don't know. Yeah. Although, yeah. so, so like take it all with a giant grain of salt. That's right. what we do. But there are some cool things about it that, right. um, kind of resonate right. with both of us and that's why right. we yeah exactly that's why we're doing this because we want to highlight the points that impacted us and we felt like we wanted to know your thoughts about it and share what we think about it yeah so that's what we're planning on doing in a few sessions so this is going to be the first session that we talk about which is only the first five chapters of the book and then from right. there we'll, we'll we'll look over the, the next and it's basically the setup of the book. I mean, it's, it's like the, what happened and how they started getting talking, but it's not the meat of it. You got to watch the other videos for like the crazy stuff. Exactly. That's where it starts getting juicy, where we start getting all the details that the alien decides to share uh, with Ms. McElroy. Um, but one more point about the Scientology. The, this book was published recently in the 2000s. I don't know exactly when. And I couldn't, it was actually hard for me to find any interviews with Lauren Spencer about yeah, this yeah. book. And it was, it, when you Google it, there's only very basic information you could get. So there's, I couldn't find information that he talked about it. There was no interview with him speaking about the book. So it was all, it was all, hearsay um, other, other reviewers yeah. talking about right. him talking about this or that yes. yeah so i would like to try to find that more and you're welcome to link that if you all find that because that would be helpful for us the other point about the scientology is that apparently um lauren spencer is a, or was a scientologist and that information was stated he said he was a scientologist so right. that that is interesting in itself um, Scientology, when I looked into it, started in the 1950s, and if this supposedly happened in 1947, then it was prior to Scientology, so my thought was maybe actually this at some, some way, possibly even influenced it, maybe, Scientology. yeah. Right, if it was somehow leaked at some point. But if it wasn't, and if it is not true, and there's, there was no interview, and this is completely false, and this is completely fictitious, at least that point of it, that there was no interview at that time, then this would be 
this the criti the the criticism is that this is based off of Scientology, which was again started in the 1950s, and that this it would make sense that it came after because it has a lot of oversight. So it's hard to say kind of which came first. It's chicken and egg. Chicken right. egg. Exactly. Chicken <laughs> and egg. Chicken and egg. It's always chicken and egg. Yeah, and honestly, to be to, to be, I mean, like I watched. I've watched a couple of those like documentaries about how messed up Scientology is. And my experience with Scientology is that like, there was this, like, I used to be an art dealer and there was this like, dude, this artist guy who I really wanted to show him in my gallery. And like, I went to a studio visit for him or whatever. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just give me a call. And he totally gave me a Scientology number, like their hotline for like Scientologists <laughs> instead of an actual number. So I think it was like, it was basically like his way of being like, F you. So I was like, I was like, that's pretty good. It's pretty clever. And that was even, yeah, it was pretty nice. Pretty so that was like about, that's about as far as my experience with Scientology goes. So I don't have a lot yeah. to go on with it, you know? Neither but, do I, except for like, you and, know, and book of, in the 1980s. Right. That was like every other commercial when I was a kid. Um, yeah. So the setup of the book, let's get into a little bit about how this book even got started. Well, not the book, but how the interviews, like what were the first few chapters in the setup? Okay, so um, it starts out with an introduction letter of the, of the woman. We'll just, we're just from now on just calling her Matilda. Um, and she uh, writes to Lawrence saying that like, she's about to euthanize herself. She's giving this to him because she she basically trusts him and she thinks that with great responsibility become comes great power and right. she's gonna um she sat on this her whole life she's in her 80s and she, this happened to her when she was in her early 20s and she was in the air force and um she was a nurse and she is like here you go do with it what you will now she i i thought it was interesting that she said that the reason the, the okay they call themselves like isbies like which is short for immortal spiritual being like that's that's what the little alien like identifies itself as um it would it only would talk to her telepathically because she said she for one she was the only woman and for two she was the only person unarmed like whenever at the site whenever um the crash had happened so i thought, I thought that was kind of interesting um and then they didn't want her to be the only contact so they kept on trying to get other people to come in they got like this indian swami they got um some other psychic lady they had, yeah. a, had a, bunch, a bunch of other people they brought in and i think that the the alien just latched on to her and that was it and so now oh also the alien has a name the alien's name is errol so we'll just call right. it's matilda and errol errol is the alien matilda is the nurse lady so from now on we'll just refer to them as that Right. Um, yeah. 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 So apparently this happened in 1947 and she, in the book and in the introduction later, she claims that it was from July 7th until the alien passed away in, in, in August. And she said it was six weeks. It was like a six right. week conversation that happened. Well, the thing that is a little bit interesting about that is that the reason I know that the crash in Roswell happened on June 14th is because that's my birthday and I was born like two hours from Roswell on June 14th like 35 years then? after <laughs> yeah. no not really but I mean I just I always thought that was cool I was like I'm born on the same day that the Roswell crash happened and I was born like 
very close to the Roswell uh, crash. Uh, anyway, but so I thought that was weird that it says July 7th, but there was a couple of crashes that happened that summer. So that is also kind of interesting. Um, so I did not know that. There were other crashes that happened. Yeah, there's one at Socorro that happened in 1947 that apparently had three ships down. Um, there's a lot of stuff coming out about that. Like Linda Moulton Howell just did a video on that. Maybe I could link that at the bottom so people could check that one out. I'll find it and link it. Um, yeah, there's, uh, there, there was more than one crash in New Mexico at that time. And the reason that they were even, that the Errol said that they were even checking out New Mexico at this time was because, um, the, um, White Sands nuclear missile testing was going on at that time. And they had instruction from the domain, which we'll talk about in a minute, which is who they work for, uh, to come and check it out and see like what effect it was having on the atmosphere and the environment and what was going on with the nuclear testing. Mm -hmm. So that actually kind of makes some sense. Right. Yes. Yeah. So they were, they were, well, Errol and crew, Errol was the pilot and the lieutenant engineer. or a high level and an engineer, right, of the, of his, of his craft or of her craft. Actually, she identifies more as a her. As a her. Um, yeah, then as a he, this is the arrow. Uh, but Even anyway, they're they're genderless. They don't have um, they don't have right. uh, non-biological or um. I wrote that down because I thought that was interesting. So like, yeah. So there's no um. Okay, they were basically like asexual, like no private parts, like doll slash robots bodies that they had no cells. They were just as like electrical circuits and they didn't breathe or need food. They had no nose, no mouth and no ears. They just had really large eyes that Matilda suspected could see the full electromagnetic spectrum or more um, accurate waves and particles or x-ray vision kind of thing, but that they were not sexual or they, you know, they, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Right. Or gender. Right. Yeah. So um, they, they, Errol gets into it later on in the later chapters, but briefly she mentions that like she's able to use this body. This body is is part of her, the way she um, like like controls the craft. So again, there's a whole big part about how the, these crafts operate, but her body was slightly different supposedly than the other bodies that were found lifeless. That's true. Um, and so, and it was because she was at a different rank, but. She, it, there was some kind of electrical embodiment to it, but other than that, it was like this doll. So it was kept. It kept. Being and they kind of talk about doll. how they can kind of leave in and out of these balls, yes. dolls as they choose. Like, um, right. uh, so I don't know. She didn't really say light being or whatever, but there there are mortal beings that kind of use the dolls as just um, for certain missions. Other than that, though, yes, normally they don't live inside these dolls. Normally they right. are. Out, 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 like whatever that means in dream la la land or whatever I don't know but yeah like another dimension or whatever mm -hmm. yeah we don't know um yeah so so she came here to to clean to do cleanup not only to observe but to do cleanup on this whole um nuclear testing bit that was going on and then the craft the, the crash was caused from some kind of electric electrical discharge and then electrical another part it, said, it mentioned lightning but um Right. It, I think supposedly I think, went down. 
I haven't re-re-listened to the end, but I thought it was kind of like it's an intentional grid system that we have to like the, the prison that's like trying to lock, it tries to capture souls. We'll get to that later uh -huh. on, but apparently it was intentionally um, shot down. down, if I remember correctly. But yeah, I have to re-listen to that whole part. But yeah, as far as there, as far as at this point in the book, all you know is that um, basically some electrical discharge, discharge, right. um, uh, brought it down. And the other thing is like, you would not know if Errol was alive unless if occasionally she would move a body part. Um, but there was no, in looking at her eyes, you couldn't tell whether she was alive or dead. And because she was not biological, she wasn't no breathing. one could tell. And she yeah. wasn't breathing. So, so the only thing that w was understood that she was alive was that Matilda was able to get these images and this, like, these telepathic messages. And that was the only indication other than when she decided to move a limb. And I thought that that was interesting because um, Errol talked, or Matilda talks about how like sometimes she wouldn't even know if she was alive until she would hear thought voices in her head and then she would be like, oh, okay, she's speaking to me. Yes. And at first she spoke to her in, um, I think I might have written Pictures, no? Or images? Yeah, emotions, like, uh, what was it? It was, yeah, it was like, she got feelings from her and emotions and, and images. She, so she didn't a hundred percent know if she was interpreting it right. And she wasn't very confident in her ability to interpret Errol's messages. So they decided to teach her English. Right. That was, that was fascinating. So a specialist who, who was a specialist in the Japanese language, um, kind of made this proposal that one of them had to learn the other's language, which the most obvious would be, for Errol to learn English, yeah. which she did. So then they just started. In three um, days. Matilda, yeah, Matilda sat down with an old book, which I also wanted to look up. Apparently, yeah, McGruffy's Readers. McGruffy's Readers. That yeah, which she kind of gave a lot of praise for that book, and I was just like, uh, and said that, you know, uh, it's kind of like sounded like it was hooked on phonics. Worked for me a little bit, like you know, taught her. Right. Sounds and Apparently, all that. like three quarters of the American population, uh, children learned learned the learned English, English reading and writing this. Yeah. from yeah from this in grammatical structure. So anyway, so did so did Errol. Errol learned through this and was able to start speaking English. And then over a course of the next six days, she just was asked consumed to everything. She wanted all books, like she all library, all kinds read. of subjects, and um and apparently she could read like extremely fast and um uh she didn't need to sleep so she was just like there there was no need for her to rest or anything so they were going at it as far as matilda was concerned like 14 hours a day but like Mat or errol was going at it the whole entire time and she agreed to learn the language but she never promised to answer any of the questions right yeah she just wanted to she just yeah she she said that that, that she would just read yeah she only agreed to that she didn't agree to anything more um, she, she was really fascinated with novels, like, um, like Huckleberry Finn, Huckleberry like, Finn. Yeah, yeah, like Alice in Wonderland, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, that was cool. I thought, oh, wow. And, and yeah. she thought that for their great imagination, Arabian and, Nights, like, and, yeah. 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 And then she also liked encyclopedias for the pictures and consumed all pretty much of books, as many books as she could about every single thing. And of course, Matilda gave her the Bible which she read and didn't ask any questions about. And, so, and, and then else? finally, um, so after 15 days, 
she was more well read than Matilda had ever thought about being. Like she was like she had surpassed anything all the all she had consumed more information that right. Matilda had in Matilda's lifetime. So she, you know, she right. was completely and they were just they at that point, which I kind of thought to myself, like, why would you give an alien being that much knowledge and like like at material or military I, yeah. I was kind of yeah. going like that's kind of and that's she, unusual yeah I was me, like, yeah she just like asked for all these books and just got them brought to her like, like okay, okay here you yeah. go yeah. like just, you would think that that would be giving a lot of information to a thing you don't know what it is like I wouldn't want it to be that I mean yeah you want her to be able to talk to you but not to learn your entire culture yeah I mean I don't know I mean yeah I, I thought that was strange too although I have to say a quote from um Matilda it says this was her personal note it must be taken in consideration that communication I had with Errol are based on my own subjective ability to interpret the meaning um, of thoughts and mental images I was able to perceive so she does make that claim and I think that that's an important point to to, to remember to always that remember like too, yeah. Yeah, to always remember that she, even even if you were to take this as true, you're, it's so subjective to what Matilda, first of all, was able to remember. So if we, if we were to consider that these interviews were eight hours long each day, and at what point did she go to the stenographer and say, here are the answers to the questions, and this is what Errol said. Like you would, you would probably forget some of that information if it wasn't done immediately. And the stenographer, from what I gathered, was not told that information until like after the interview. Well, the that's I think she wouldn't talk unless she was only in the room with Matilda. She didn't right. like other people to be in the room. Right. So then they put up a special room with like you know a two-way like mirror. Like a two-way mirror. But I think, but it, but it also talked about how she would ask them to help her clarify things so i'm pretty sure she was kind of like safe talking as it was happening i'm pretty sure they could hear matilda in That's the room I was wondering so um, i was wondering because then she also had to she she was trying she mentioned that she needed to be like a good telepathic sender so then that was my thought i was like so so she was like saying something verbally and then t trying to telepathically communicate this to errol and then receive the answer and then verbalize it back so the stenographer could write it i was confused about that part it didn't yeah it didn't, but it did say that it got really easier for her when er when Errol understood the English completely and she could just think in English and be answered right, to in English right. in her head. Um, yeah, that's and then, and then after, like, yeah, after 15 days, apparently Errol finally says to her, okay, I'm ready to talk. Like, I'm ready yeah. to talk to you. And then yeah, uh, yeah. she's like, okay. And then she's she then lets on that she knows a lot more than she had known. So she says that, um, Errol says that she hasn't had intimate, com uh, intimate contact with humans since 5,965 BC, which is like 11,000 years ago, which is interesting because that's about the same time as, you know, like Graham Hancock and everybody's predicting like the big catastrophe that would have happened that would have caused like the giant worldwide floods or whatever yeah, you know okay. so that's it's the end of the younger driest period so that's an interesting little tidbit or time frame that she was there mm -hmm. and she said at that point she spoke or she had learned the sanskrit language and that um they had come down to retrieve a group of uh ufos that had crashed in the himalayas and the that the the vimas or v-i-m-a-n-a's vimas which i think are actually um they're they're like ancient flying saucers 
-huh. which yeah, I, I, I watched the videos on those. Those are kind of cool looking. Um, uh, they just have drawings of them. Um, but they're, they, they, they look like a kind of like Indian mythology, but, um, yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, yeah. And she, and, and Errol, Errol, Errol didn't answer the question, um, like, where are you from exactly? Like she didn't want to give that information out. And then Matilda's personal note says that she felt that, that Errol knew where she was from, obviously, but first of all, she was just re doing orders from her commander and she was not allowed to reveal that information, just like anybody who was captured by like a prisoner of war type of thing. True. So she was not giving that information up. That was one thing. And then the other thing, it was like beyond where we already knew because it was outside of our galaxy and somewhere that- Right, like we wouldn't have even away. had a reference for it anyway. Right, exactly. So there were two reasons why she didn't reveal that information. Um, well, and then also she sort of said that she sensed like in her visions of it that it wasn't like one particular planet. It was like a universe. Yes. Yeah, that was interesting because I was like, wow, our, I don't even think I could conceptualize that a person or a being is from like a, a from different universe. A, I mean, I can understand that they're from a different universe, but, but like, like I would, I would locate it to a specific point, like an earth, like a planet, like a place. Like right. A, a place within it instead of, but then the thing is, is like, she goes on to say that like, she's an immortal spiritual being and that like, she doesn't even remember a beginning. She just like knows of trillions and trillions of years. Like she, she hasn't had her memory stifled. Like, right. Apparently we have. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So she, so anytime when she goes back to the beginning of like, where did you come from and how old are you and how long is this? Like, it always goes back to these like trillions of years that Matilda really can't even compare it to in our human lives. It's so beyond us that she can compare it to infinity pretty much. Yeah. And that's, and, and Matilda's like, like uh, Errol tells her you like all everybody, you guys are also immortal spiritual beings. Like, but, um, you don't, you're in that. You, you forget because you're basically we're in a space prison, um, which right. that's like a little bit what the more of the book is about later on. But um, which that's that's the thing that we are always like, ooh, that's the interesting bit. Um, yeah. But uh, she does she does kind of mention that. Um, let me see. Oh, she mentions that like this domain is the name of kind of. I don't know if you would call it seems almost like the alliance or like or or the 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 galactic empire in Star Wars or something. It seems exactly. like it's just like dun 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 dun. Right. Like they the go domain. They, right domain and they go and they conquer um, all these universes and that apparently we're like owned by the domain, but that we're not um, we're not. It's not behooving of them to allow us to know that yet, or you know, like we're we're just yeah. like little peons or something that are running around in this little uh companies I don't know it's it's she doesn't we'll, we'll get into what she explains about that all later but she did sort of say that um she likened the domain to the European settlers but that they aren't cowardice and they don't just like take over like the like they like the Europeans did to like the Native American tribes and just kill yeah, them like they have more integrity and they yeah, they have more that. integrity about it but right, still right. kind of seems like they do it and then yeah, that, that was totally interesting. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, that's a little dark. And then she says that the um, they kind of uh, live amongst the dark side of the moon, 
in the asteroid belt and yeah. Mars and Venus, like places that are low gravity. Like they, they, that's where they, um, their stations are. I, I, I wrote those down going like, okay, that's kind of interesting. And I mean, that does corroborate with a lot of other people's talking about how there's bases on the dark side of the moon and Mars and right. all that other stuff. Um, right. Although I don't know if she lived there, Errol. No, so that's just where the did, like, stations are. The that's big, where the, the stations domain are. base right. stations are. That, right, right. For this part of the galaxy, of this galaxy. This galaxy, yeah. yeah. Right, right. And, yeah, it was, that, and it also almost seemed like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy when it was talking about like, or she said, um, like the, the reason that this is even important at all is like it's on a highway system into the center of the Milky Way. Like Earth's on a, it's on a pathway. Um, and the only thing that, the, the only place that doesn't know it is Earth, but like, like our solar system is on like a direct pathway for, to get to the center of the Milky Way. So like, that's why we're basically like in, 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 in the way. way. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are in the way. Everybody else. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Cool stuff. Yeah, so that, that's pretty much like the first five chapters, um, just her setting up like how they wound up, you know, getting Errol to this room in the, in the military base and the, the people that were there. She does name some names, which I think is interesting if you want to like go and look up those people's name and to see if you could do your own investigative. Yeah, work. I started writing those names really? down and then I was like, I don't care. Me too, me too, right. I was <laughs> like, well, I guess it doesn't matter. I mean, it would be kind of interesting to like, to look at it a little deeper, but am I really going to do that? But I, I, I know, a lot of people are really into that. Well, that. pilot John Smith's right. da, 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 with all these letters that said this. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. No, I'll just take away like the feel I think that what's the essence <laughs> of it you know right because um, like, I, I have okay, no way of verifying whether to... or not they really were part of the military exactly I would have no way of verifying it. were they stationed so like, in... yeah right do I need to know do I even need to know is that important um just one point about Matilda <clears throat> which of course brings me back to a couple of questions because eventually we'll find out towards the end that she goes into a um into the the why she's contacting her specifically citizen no that well yes but no the citizens protection program later on okay so her name yeah. has changed actually so that that part there's some confusion that i have about that we can get into that later but um but i thought it was interesting that she decided to move from her, her hometown or where she had lived for after this from um from there in the United States, I think it was in Minnesota, maybe? Oh yeah, I don't even care where it was. But, I don't yeah, but she, where she moved to go die was interesting. I wrote that down too. Yes, exactly. So, she she went to Ireland and yes. she went to like, she went yeah. to County Meath, uh, uh, County Mirth, or County Meath, Ireland, next to the Great Mound at the known, that the known the down and the Fairy Mound of Darkness. It's the, it's, it is. I wrote that all down there. And it's a, a hill of Tara where 142 kings reigned in Ireland. And I was kind of like going like, ooh, does that really exist? I want to visit that place. It sounds kind of interesting. Yeah, I thought so too. I mean, just for that fact. And then I thought, does this have anything to, like, how does it link back? Like, oh, sure and she did person. say that it was something, like, she, she did make a connection about it. I remember she said something about how, like, um, uh, something about the like like whoever built it is who who influences and monitors us now uh-huh huh interesting yeah it would be worth checking out i think that's always a good link i thought that, that it was very deliberate of her choice of 
you know, where she, she wants she's to going exit. There. Yes, yeah. exactly. And did she know something? Um, okay, so I think that that's a great way to wrap up those first few chapters. Is there anything else that you got out of that part of it? Before um, we... Oh, there, there, this is the, the symbol of the domain is like an, it's like a circle with an A and it looks, it looks like um, Captain America or like A plus student or I don't know. It's right. interesting, but it's, it's, yeah. uh, I'll put, I'll put it, I'll, I'll show, I'll show what, what the, what the symbol looks like. I'll put a little picture right here of it. But I kind of thought to myself like, what? That's kind of <laughs> like a little superhero. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, the symbol of the domain. I thought that was interesting. Oh, and that. also I did like this, like when she talks about like what her, her job was, Errol, when she talks about how her job was like a pioneer or not a pioneer, like a pilot and an engineer and commander yeah. and all this stuff. But she says she has jobs, but she's free to come and go as she pleases. It's almost yeah. like, like the, like, it's like, remember the Declaration of Independent of Mars that I wrote and about how, like I said, that like people should just be things because they want to be that thing, but that they have, they can wear many hats and they don't have to like be identified as their job. I think that's a yeah. thing. Huh. Well, that makes sense. Because or it should be. That she, she volunteered for that position. Like yeah. she was, she, yeah, she, she wasn't forced. And it was a high level position. So there were people like she was overseeing ISBEs. Oh, and also, um, the one last thing I want to say is that um, when when she was consuming the English language, she did let Matilda know that, like now the domain knows, like oh, right. yes. like like we like every that she was in taking was being downloaded and being viewed by yes. everybody else. Yeah, yeah, I thought this. I thought that was super cool, and that comes back later on when she gets a download from her people from her is these, like she gets a download, she gets additional information about what she starts like, you know, telepathically communicating to Matilda. And so I, yeah, that's cool that Matilda now, you know, uh, yeah. whatever she communicated and whatever, whatever was learned in all the books was now uploaded to this whole, this whole but domain. then you're kind of like, oh, it's like a hive mind. Yeah. Like now they all know English. They now all know Huckleberry Finn. They now all know <laughs> Alice in Wonderland. Like they now right. know, they know our English language. Yes. Which that's kind of, I don't know. That's a right. little bit also interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because here we are all these years later and there are so many people doing with doing so much work with downloading like people download stuff and and communicate telepathically and, yeah. through you know the intergalactic councils of light or who whatever angels and then you wonder is there Maturing any kind councils of or yeah exactly yeah. You wonder, like, like oh huh. now they know english why is or, it now all of a sudden going like right maybe just timing maybe because we've hit the galactic center well yeah i don't know i don't know I have no idea. It's beyond my, my understanding. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, cool. join us next week where we get Thank like more into the juice. Yeah. All the goodies. Yep. Next few chapters, you definitely want to come back for and pick up the book. We'll, we'll put the link. Or to we'll put the link. Or yeah, yeah. At least listen along with us if you want. It's cool. Otherwise you can just. Yeah. Not. <laughs> <laughs> not. not. Just listen to us <laughs> and leave some comments below. We hope to hear from you. What are okay. your thoughts? Okay, Later. bye. bye.